Welcome to the AIB GA podcast. This week we hear from the victorious Bally Bowden St. Enders camp after a dramatic Leinster Senior Club football final. Oh, it's gone over the bar. It could be heartbreak for Aero. again. Baskell has sent it in. Ryan Baskell, the winner that the death and the pitch has been invaded in Portlaoise. Brendan Hensey of KCLR calling an enthralling ending to the game in which Aero Oak came close to causing a shock. It wasn't to be though and that was much to the delight of Bally Bowden captain Ryan Baskell. A lot of our games this year have gone right down to the wire. We knew we just need to do what, keep doing what we said, keep plugging away and chances would come and Warren Egan off the bench there kicked an unbelievable one to level us and then I think that settled the team and then we were able to kick on. Aero Oog know that potentially this was one that got away. Here's their manager Joe Murphy. It just comes down to moments they took theirs unfortunately maybe we, we just came up a couple of bit short on ours The analysis of Coleman Goggins to come but first let's run through what else is happening. Louds Matic Rangers beat Mullinavat of Kilkenny in the Leinster Intermediate Football Final while Wexford's Rathgaro Cushentown overcame Clan Nagale of Meath in the Junior Decider. Nagale of Kerry complete with Deirdre O'Connor and Jack Barry in their setup, beat Mullinahone in the Munster Junior Football Final and while Russell Rovers are the Munster Junior Hurling winners after a 2.13 to 11 points win over Dan Shanahan's St Mary's. A Josh Buzang with 1.8 for Russell Rovers. It's been a good couple of weeks for hurling in East Cork. Father O'Neill's who were from that part of the world uh, won the Intermediate crown as well. It's with Leinster football we start though and former All-Star and AIB GA Ambassador Coleman Goggins joins us. Um, Coleman, we'll talk about Kieran McDonald's return to Mayo in a few moments because he's now going to be working with James Horn. We'll also talk about the race to replace Jim Gavin as Dublin manager but first we'll start with health and safety rather than football matters because you were on the sideline in Port Leash for the AIB Leinster Club football final between Ballyboden St. Enders and Aero Oog. I like I know people might have seen it on TV, but I think unless you were there, you couldn't possibly get how tough the conditions were. It was windy, it was rainy, it was cold. So my first question to do, to you is have you warmed up yet? Have you dried out yet? Yeah, I think I had the heat full blast in the car from Port Leash all the way back home again. One of the coldest uh, club championship games I can recall. There's been a few times where you come out of a game and you say, I'm cold. But when the cold gets into your bones, you realise uh, that, you know, I was rain gear bottoms, a couple of jackets on. You look out in the field at 30 odd guys and you're thinking the commitment levels that it takes to try and win a Leinster club championship. And I'm giving out that I'm wrapped up to the hilt. So, uh, yeah, thought out finally in the end. But credit to the two teams on display. Uh, given the conditions, it was a serious work rate and endeavour from both teams. And it was unfortunate, I guess, that one team had to lose out. I appreciate this might sound more like a rugby word than a Gaelic football word, but the skill set was very impressive yesterday considering the, con- the conditions that that game was, was played in. I-, I appreciate people might have seen it on TV, but unless you were actually there, I don't think you could actually possibly realise how bad it was, how strong the wind was, how poor the underfoot conditions were. And that's not a criticism of the pitch, which actually held up very well considering the conditions. It was just that kind of day where it, it was nigh on impossible to play football, but yet these two teams produced a bit of a spectacle. Yeah, it, it really was a lottery. I think Anthony Rainbow made reference to that, that on a day like that, you're just hoping that you get a favour of a bounce so you get a, a look at the draw and a possession that, that gives you an opportunity. I had a walk around the field before the game started. There was a lot of water down on it. There was patches where it was very soggy and wet in around the goal mouth in the central positions. You know, it was very difficult. You know, you'd bounce a ball. It was, it was sticking. So, you know, it, it's hard enough, obviously, to be playing at a competitive level but when the elements come in and then impact on your ability to retain the ball uh, the, the thing that stood out I guess was defensively both teams were so ferocious in the tackle that any guy who got on the ball because you were taking 
an extra second to secure it or you were just trying to get your footing right. It meant that defenders had the opportunity to, to swallow you up and across the two teams, uh, the work rate from, you know, the back six and, you know, you can include everyone within that, I guess, but certainly defensively, full back lines, half back lines, the tackling was ferocious, the physicality of it. So while the skill set may not have been to, you know, the high levels that we you'd like to see at this time of the year, the fact that they were so disciplined, particularly Bally Bowden, the way they were tackling the ball, Aero maybe got caught a couple of times on freeze where they were unfortunate, just showed the relentlessness that was involved in trying to uh, eke out a result. So, yeah, at times, skill set was certainly questionable. There was a lot of turnovers, a lot of possession lost. But when you look at some of the scores that were kicked, and admittedly there weren't too many, but given the wind conditions, the rain, and how soft it was underfoot, some of the scores that were kicked were, were truly remarkable given the conditions that the teams were playing in. Obviously, Bally Bowden deserve praise, but I do want to talk a bit about Era Og. Sometimes when we talk about finals, it is all about the winners, and that's understandable. But Era Og did an awful lot right yesterday. They seemed to get their game plan right, and it almost, almost worked out. Yeah, I had thought at half time they were going to be in, in trouble, not so much because of the wind that they played in the first half. But Bally Bowden had, uh, according to TG Carr's stats, they had 70, over 70% possession in that first half. So it meant that Aero were having to work particularly hard to try and restrict Ballyboden's scoring opportunities outside of, you know, the save from save from Colin Basquiat, or I think it was, uh, midway through the first half. They didn't really manage to penetrate yet. They got, a, they, obviously, the couple of scores to, to draw it up at half-time. But they'd been excellent in the first half. But you just worry that Aero were probably going to run out of gas. But midway through the second half, they were displaying, you know, serious levels of athleticism and fitness to to still be competing with Ballyboden. And it looked a little bit like Ballyboden might be the team that should be questioning, given that they were working so hard on the ball and getting very little result out of it. So in answer to your question, they had been exceptional the way they set up their defensive shield, the way it worked. The sideline, Joe Murphy and Jerry McGill, I was fairly close to them. They were constantly reminding guys to swap over left and drop right and pick up players. So there was a constant barricade of encouragement to keep them doing what they've been doing throughout the game and in that second half you look at the couple of scores they got it was really on the back of you know defensive um, shields swallowing up Ali Bowden and then coming out at great pace guys being in a position to try and create scoring opportunities there's a standout moment for me where Aero were on the ball there was an opportunity to, to pass this to uh, somebody who was unmarked I guess but Shane Clayton managed to get in front of two players and come out and win the ball and attack for Ballyboden and it was one of those key possessions where you're thinking this might just swing the tide or the momentum back Ballyboden's direction so Alero had done so much right you know that turnover possession that's not down to one incident by any means but that turnover possession certainly gave Ballyboden the impetus then to go on and, and create those couple of scores and once they got on parity and level scores again you almost felt that they didn't want to go to extra time that they wanted to see it out and win it at that point Fairness to Warren Egan to kick the equaliser was was a you know a ballsy move given that there was a lot of guys who were turning down the opportunity. They shifted the ball left and right before he took on the opportunity. But after that, Ryan Baskell scored to put them in front. Aerog then had to come out and try and chase down Bally Bowden, which gave Michael Darren McCauley his chance to to you know put the two point deficit in or gap into it. But it, I thought Aerog were excellent, and I honestly thought in fifty five minutes when they were point up that they had it set for themselves to go ahead and win it. But that big turnover maybe just swung a bit of momentum back Bally Bowden's direction and ultimately allowed them the platform to go ahead and win the game. We thought it was going to be Mullinacta all over again, although that comparison may be a bit inaccurate considering Era Og are five-time Leinster champions. Granted, the last time they won it was in 1998. You mentioned Bally Bowden and the patience that they showed to win the game. That doesn't come as a surprise because it's not the first time they've done that this season or even in the kind of recent past No and they, they've, they've banked on this uh, the, in the FINA they had to go to extra time Jules was a tough outing for them uh, 
it was down to the last couple of minutes against Newtown Blues. Michael Darren McCauley came on late in that game in the quarterfinal of the Leinster Championship uh, before they actually went on and won the game. So, so they have a banker reserve there and a fitness certainly and also with belief within themselves to, to kick those couple of scores. It, it, it did take someone to step forward and Warren Egan, in fairness to him, did that. They did shift the ball across, as I mentioned, left and right. Looked like a lot of guys were fearful of taking the shot and kicking it wide. In fairness to, to Egan, he had kicked one wide maybe five or seven minutes before that and you thought that was the wrong option and if it comes again, maybe he won't try it, but he did. He backed himself and got the score, which lifted the whole team. So absolutely, they showed patience and as I said, once they got the equaliser, it seemed to give them that little bit of belief that they could actually go ahead and win the game and it certainly appeared they didn't want to go to extra time. I must admit, I'd say half the stands, including myself, didn't want to go to extra time either given the conditions. Uh, but you would have felt that Aero Og might have got another opportunity, but they didn't. Ballyboden were relentless in that last five minutes where they just kept going after them, trying to eke out a score, which they eventually got themselves in front. So they were excellent in terms of the way they were patient in their build-up, albeit it did take a bit of bravery for Egan to step forward and kick it over the bar because there was a couple of guys maybe who didn't fancy it, given the conditions, given the day that was in it. And, you know, you have to, I suppose, risk it all to try and win it all. And ultimately, Egan gave him the opportunity to do that by taking on the chance in the, whatever, 57, 58 minutes. And what about Ryan Basquell's winner? I mean, that would be a good point on a dry, sunny day. So... It deserves extra praise given the conditions yesterday. Well, he must have got some inspiration from Egan's score because it was almost in the exact same position where he had kicked the score from a couple of minutes prior to that. He got a lovely nick off the post to bring it over the bar. But again, it was a, it was a case of inspiration from Egan's score that allowed him the, the belief to go and do it himself. It was a brilliant score because the conditions were terrible. It was very soft on the left-hand side of the field, on the stand side. So from even to get his you know, placement of his feet right to get the swing of the ball and to get it to shift over the bar. It was a real, you know, nail in the coffin. It was a heartbreaker for Aero because all of a sudden, you know, Ballyboden were after kicking two scores from places you would have thought they're not going to score from there today. And then Aero had to chase it in the last couple of minutes, which just left a few gaps that they were ultimately exposing. But bravery from Megan and Pascal to kick it over the bar. I suppose a big impact from the bench. The guys that they brought in had a big difference for Ballyboden. Uh, you always felt that Michael Darren McCauley would bring a freshness and impetus to the game. Egan obviously got a score. You know, so, so they just had big names that were able to come in and make a difference for them. And I guess those last five, seven minutes when you have that type of experience coming on, guys who already have won an All-Ireland Club title, it just maybe freshens the team, gives them a little bit more belief to go on and win the game. And, uh, you know, while they had a lot of possession, they obviously squandered a lot of it, didn't get a huge amount from it. And their Oak were brilliant pretty much all throughout that second half and how they swallowed up Bally Bowden and got themselves in front. But ultimately, I think, you know, there was just a couple of moments that swung Valley Bowden's way where they were able to kick those big scores that obviously made the difference for them to go on and win the game. Now, we're full of praise for the Valley Bowden attack, especially the Valley Bowden attack towards the end of the game. But, Coleman, as an all-star defender yourself, I want to give you the chance to praise your your fellow backs. Flaherty, Duan and Clayton, as you've already mentioned, were all fantastic. And Duan was actually the TG Cahar uh, man of the match, which, which will tell you what kind of game he had. There was times where they just got a hand in or got a foot in or just did what they needed to do. Some of it was really magnificent stuff. Yeah, it was. They were excellent. Uh, full back line, I thought, were brilliant. Well marshaled by Shane Clayton. Uh, and Aerog, likewise, you know, the way they, I guess it was, I won't say it was contrasting defensive, you know, the full back line almost backed themselves man to man. They got a hand in, they got a touch on the ball. They managed to be out in front a lot of the time. They kept some of the Aero key players very quiet. John Gannon had a big game, but outside of that, they probably didn't get as much from their forwards as they would have liked. Uh, Aero's defensive system is more numerical in that there's 10, 11 guys behind the ball, but they're all doing jobs. Sometimes you get numbers behind the ball where 
you're expecting the, the next guy to you to go and press the tackle, but they all were aware of what they needed to do to try and secure turnovers. So while Bally Bowden's full back line were very impressive and the physicality, there was a couple of hits in it where where it absolutely spun Air Oak forwards and they dropped the ball or lost the ball. Such was the physicality in it. But Air Oak similarly were so impressive in the way they uh, they they mapped out across the field and how they shifted across to try and impact or, or curtail Bally Bowden's influence in the game. So two maybe contrasting styles, but from a defensive point of view, it's not often defenders get called out as man of the matches or player of the games or whatever it is. So for you know, Bally Bowden could have had any of the full back line. And likewise, you know, the, the half back line for Air Oak I thought were exceptional too in their commitment to the game. So any of those guys were certainly well deserving of a, a player of the match award, albeit that I'm sure the Air Oak guys would sacrifice any of that stuff for a Leinster club title. Well, one of the Aero guys who was heartbroken yesterday is a bit of a legend of the 90s, Willie Quinlan. He was on commentary duty for KCLR. Afterwards, I caught up with him to get his thoughts. I suppose 60 minutes gone, you gave them, gave them every chance. Um, it, was, it was six points apiece, but you can just see Bally Borden, the physicality, just looking at them coming in off the field. I mean, Michael Darren McCauley, just a joint of a man. To be able to bring him from the bench is, is just incredible for a club team. You know, he, he'd be on any, any inter-county team. And that physicality was able to bring them to the next step, the next level. They're very, very patient on the ball they're well able to work it kicked two great well he fisted actually the last one but kicked a great score their, their sub came on number 18 not, not quite sure of, of, of his name at the moment but just about I think Bally Bowden just about deserved to win but Aerog will be disappointed you know as we said when they were dominating they didn't push enough players forward they didn't believe in themselves in uh, one-to-one situations and just about I, I suppose you know Bally Bowden probably deserved to win this They'll take great heart from this era, though, won't they? Because when you look at the journey they've been on in the last couple of years, last year beaten and well beaten by Mullinocta in Leinster, and this year, you know, they've applied the lessons from that and look how far they've come. So they will think, you know what, if we can do that in a year, imagine what we can do in another year. Without a doubt, Oshin, we, we were coming over Longford last year and we were so... I suppose we were wondering how we were going to pick ourselves up. You know, where are we going from here? We were just we were destroyed by Mullinock, the both physically and, and football-wise. Lost our discipline on the, on the day, had two or three sent off. We have turned it around as a team, and you know we they definitely turned it around. They, they worked really, really hard, hard this year to get here. It's not easy to win to win Leinster. There's only one team in the whole of Leinster can be Leinster champions, and that's Bally Bowden. And I'm I'm still looking down, and I'm still in awe of the physicality of most of these players. I know if I was out there, I'd say I wouldn't be able to stand on the field because they they just blow you away. Physicality. We stood stood up to them very well, you know, for the 60 minutes. They just they know how to win. They just pressed on. They're unbeaten in 20 five games this year and that spoke a lot you know of the club that they are and I mean we had a great tussle in the 90s with them we, we ended up turning them over that day and uh, you know they pushed on to win it here in Port Leash and deservedly so I know they're probably fresher in your mind obviously because we've just seen them play but would you fancy Bally Bowden for the All-Ireland now they'll go on to play Kilku but on the other side of the draw you've got Carafin and Nemo nothing but Giants I definitely fancy them to, to get to the final you know with the physicality they have alone I, I, th- I don't think uh, Kilku can will live with them phys- with physical ways alone. When they get to the final, I think Cora Finn will be back there again. I've watched him a couple of times on on TG Carter this year. The physical power alone with them and the football that they have and the experience of winning winning two in a row that has to stand to them. I think it'd be a fantastic final. You know, I, I shouldn't ri- write off. Um, uh, the Cork, Cork champions Nemo Rangers at, uh, at the moment because they're still in it so you can never write off anyone no one really gave Aerog a chance here today but right uh, as, as it stands we were beaten but you know right to the wire it went and, and uh, we'll be very proud of our lads today Willie Quinlan formerly of Aerog and Carlo thank you very much for talking to the AIBGA podcast thanks Oshin.
So Coleman, Willie Quinn and Amanda, who, who of course you would have played against, was disappointed but very honest in saying, look, Aero gave it a great effort, but ultimately the better team won. We did a bit of looking ahead to the All-Ireland semi-finals with him, so I'm going to do that with you as well. We now know it's Bally Bowden against Kilku in Cavan. What's your read on that game? Willie is probably right in, in respect of the maybe the better team winning, but I don't think Aero were a million miles off it as we had said earlier, they they'd set out their stall and it almost got them the success that they were hoping to seek out. Moving into an All-Ireland club semi-final, uh, Kilku have been very oppressive across the Ulster campaign. Um, so you're, you have two teams who are coming at a time when both are very, you know, playing particularly well or looking to try and achieve All-Ireland club glory. Kilku are very fast. They have a lot of um, smaller players. Willie Quinlan will be very proud of these guys. Guys who, while they mightn't be the biggest in stature, are certainly excellent footballers and are able to get on the ball and create a lot of uh, scoring opportunities. So you have a lot of pace coming with Kilku. Weather conditions again, you know, if it's anyway dry and the pitch is a little bit harder than it was down in Port Leash, that helps in terms of the footballing flow of maybe for the likes of Kilku. Not that they certainly can't dig out a result in in uh, dirty weather conditions. Ballyboden will have, you know, taken a huge amount from yesterday's game. A point down heading into the last five minutes, you know, looking a little bit weary-legged, but for them to dig it out, get three scores on the spin without any reply from Oak gives them good impetus going into the game. Michael Darren McCauley, who's obviously been carrying some niggle over the last number of weeks, it gives him an opportunity to, you know, rest that rather than putting himself any under any more pressure in terms of that injury or whatever's, you know, impacted on his uh, starting time. So I guess it, it gives Ballyboden a chance to reset. Kilcoo will be obviously looking forward to taking on one of the big clubs from Dublin. Uh, so I think you have two clubs coming together where it could be a really, really mouthwatering clash in the club championship and something to look forward to early January, albeit that in listening to Conal Keeney, I'm not quite sure he was aware that the match was coming so soon into the new year. So maybe he has a little bit of uh, prepping to do in early January to get himself ready for the game. The fact that Ballyboden have been there before in their recent past, how important is that? Uh, experience is massive. Uh, uh, you can only you, you can only learn from the experience. You can only learn from winning tight games. You can only learn from you know having an All Ireland club title under your belt already. So so they know what's coming. Albeit they've never haven't played Kilku at this stage. They know what's ahead of them in trying to get over the line. And in any sport, you know, semi-finals are there for the winning. Whether it's done ugly or not is irrelevant, really. It's how do you put yourself into a an All-Ireland final or a final of any degree. So the semi-final often comes down to just eking it out. And be great if you can win the game by 10 points and have an all-round great team performance. But if you win by a point and get to an All-Ireland final, club final, you know, that's the ultimate prize. So the experience is we know how to do it. What you have to do is implement a game plan to go ahead and do it. Kilku will certainly try and stop that from a Ballyboden perspective and will be well keen to try and push on themselves. But I, that experience just gives Ballyboden that little bit more of advance warning of what's coming in, you know, three or four weeks. Uh, the Christmas preparation time, it'll be just interesting to see how teams manage that. So usually you're, you have into February before you're out in the field again, so you have the month of January. So it just makes it a little bit more difficult around Christmas time and enjoying that, certainly. But how do you get guys out around Christmas? The mindset around Christmas being a holiday time and how you tune that into an important football match in early January. So that's maybe something new that both teams will have to deal with. But, you know, for any guy who's playing club football, the pinnacle is trying to get to an All-Ireland club final. So if you have to play early January to achieve that, both teams will accept that and, and try and move forward from there. Coleman, just before we let you go, we should find out this week who will replace Jim Gavin. Declan Darcy and Desi Farrell seem to be the front runners. Look, obviously, 
we're not operating with any form of insider information here. We just know that someone will replace Jim. That's the only thing we know for certain. But of those two names, they both know the setup. They both know the players. They both worked with the players. So it's probably a good thing for Dublin that whoever takes over will have that knowledge. They're not coming in cold. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think Tommy Conroy, there was was some... uh, his name came into the mix on Saturday there around potential that he might be taking on the role former St. Vincent's manager. Uh, so there's a lot of names seem to be bandied around. We're no clearer to know who that might be. Uh, that absolutely would help that, you know, the likes of Desi Farrell, who's had a lot of the under 20 guys, minor guys come through him. So he's been involved when uh, Kieran Kilkenny, Jack McCaffrey and the likes were minor in 2011, albeit they lost a minor All-Ireland final. He's had his hands on a lot of those guys and helped them develop through the under 20s as well with a lot of guys. So he'd know you know, the the players within the squad, you can't go in and try and do what Jim Gavin has done because it just won't be successful. You have to put your own stamp on it, but you have to do that without changing the whole world around it, I imagine. So, you know, it would be helpful if Desi, was, Desi Farrell was there. Declan Darcy has obviously been involved with Jim Gavin from as far back as Jim started coaching. I think it was in the early noughties. So uh, Declan knows the Dublin GAA scene inside out. He knows that current football team inside out. Uh, having been involved with the same at the time as Jim has, you know, is it... Is it is he looking to do more or is he also looking to take a break? I guess it's probably a question that would need to be put Declan's way. Uh, I think it will probably be somebody who already has had some impact with the with players uh, from a Dublin perspective. So that would probably lead it towards Desi Farrell. But ultimately, there's a lot of guys there looking to get going again into 2020. The job will be filled. Someone will go in and, and try and uh, bring the team forward from there. So there's probably not a huge amount of time for decision-making to be made, it probably is important that somebody's put in over the next couple of days, if not by the end of the week, which gives them the opportunity to build into O'Byrne Cup and then on into the league, which comes in in you know late January as such. So you don't have a huge amount of time to try and prep for that. So I'd say whoever's looking to do the job will look to try and move into it fairly quickly so they can start putting their own stamp on things and start to move the thing forward in uh, and move away from you know the gym era and move into a new era, hopefully, for Dublin football. And one final one, just before I let you go... Um... There's a man out there, a legend, whose hair was only bettered by his left foot. Kieran MacDonald, of course, is the man I'm talking about. He, I thought I thought you were I thought you were calling me out there for a second with the left fe- left peg, but you, obviously not. Your hair was good and your left peg was okay, but nothing compared to Kieran MacDonald. Uh, That's he, for sure. <laughs> and I think we can say that of anyone on this uh, planet. Um, what, what did you make of that? Kieran MacDonald is going in with James Horn in the Mayo um, senior management setup. Yeah, I think it's great. But I think he's uh, kind of a guy who's, since he stopped playing football, has, has been quiet or he keeps himself below the radar, effectively. Um, so the fact that James Horn has managed to persuade him to come in and get involved with the, the football team is brilliant. He's a guy who knows how to get critical key scores. He, he knows how to win games. Uh, he's, he potentially has the ability to impact what's happening from an offensive point of view for Mayo. And often while they create lots of chances, sometimes they get accused of maybe leaving scores behind them and they're not critical or ruthless enough up front. So if he's able to tweak that in some respects or try and help that or aid it in terms of uh, just a forward play within Mayo and more scores at key times for, for key forwards, that could be the difference between getting over the line and, and not landing that uh, All-Ireland title. A lot of the guys still seem to be staying involved. There hasn't been too much talk out of Mayo of guys hanging up their boots, which is great. So if James Horn has all the guys back in again and he's looking at uh, Kieran McDonald coming in making a difference from an attacking point of view, it might just add that extra dimension. He certainly has the experience and know-how. His left boot was was magic in fairness to him. He can't transplant it onto somebody else. But if you can hint and guide them on what he did and what worked for him, 
it might just help Mayo from an attacking point of view get those critical scores when it comes to the crunch games in the latter stages of the All-Ireland Series. So I think it's a great move for Mayo and it's great to have the likes of Kieran McDonald back in the game because he was such a, a great personality when he was playing it. Hopefully we'll get to see some of that personality come out in the Mayo forwards over the next six, eight months as we lead into 2020 All-Ireland Championship. I imagine he was a nightmare to play against, was he? Uh, he he, um, he could, you know, he was he was able to do lots of stuff with the football where, when space is at a premium, to find space is probably the critical thing. So what marks out the great forwards versus the good forwards is the ability to find space in a phone box effectively. And, uh, you know, the heartbreaking score for me is always the 2006 score from under the Hogan stand where he swung over a ball uh, to give Mayo the lead where they ultimately won the game having Dublin been in front by, you know, six or seven points. So, it's a heartbreaking score, difficult even to talk about it, but but that was what he was able to do. So he could win a game for you in a very tight space. And that's what marks out great footballers, really, ability to turn a game. So if he can bring a little bit of his know-how into the current Mayo setup, and they're, they're certainly well capable of kicking crucial scores. But if he can just add that little bit more to them, it, it might just uh, help them get over the line in their quest for All-Ireland glory. And when you think back on marking Kieran MacDonald, do you just kind of think to yourself, you know what, there, there, there are certain times where you can actually do very little to nothing to stop a guy like that. Do you have to just kind of say sometimes, you know what, as a defender, you can block the space, you can shadow them. But ultimately, unless you literally tug them down, in which case you give away the free anyway, you actually can do very, nothing, very little. Defensively, you can be on top for 55 minutes and all it takes is two minutes for a forward of that calibre to kick a score or to create a score. So... You know, while defensively you have to be on your game for 60 or 70 minutes, and that's, you know, obviously across the field, you can get your hands on every ball. But if he manages to secure three possessions in a three-minute spell or a two-minute spell and they get a, a goal and a point out of it or two points from it, it looks defensively then that things haven't been so good for you. So the Kieran McDonald's of this world and, you know, all those top quality forwards that have come and gone in the past, they're able to do that impact a game with limited possession. And that's where you see, you know, currently David Clifford where, you know, team might be on top and he gets five balls and he suddenly has one, two. That's where those guys make the huge impact. And that's why, you know, and I'm not being critical of Mayo forwards. They've certainly been good enough to win all Ireland's and maybe have missed some opportunities. It's those key scores where maybe you say, look, we need to do something different or a little bit of different movement in the forwards or giving a guy an option on the ball. That might be just what brings them that. And it's only millimetres to get them over the line. And if Kieran McDonald can say, look, when you're in that tight space, this is what we need to do. You know, I don't think he can create a magical footballer by talking to somebody. I think sometimes it's just an ingrained ability in a guy to be that good. But if he can certainly impart some of the knowledge that he's learned over his club years as well as his inter-county years, well, that, that's a, a huge impact for Mayo. So, yeah, you know, his ability to get a score out of nothing, if you can bring that into a, a current team and help a team achieve that, you know, makes it very difficult for any defender then to stay on top for a full 60 or 70 minutes. OK, Coleman Goggins, former Dublin All-Star and uh, current AIB GA ambassador. Thanks for joining us on the AIB GA podcast. Thanks, Ocean Ticker. Well, that's it for the AIB GA podcast for this week. Remember, you can keep up with everything that's happening in the world of the club championship across all of the AIB GAA social media channels. That's it for this week. Take care. The AIB GAA podcast. 